What's going on, people? Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, yes, yes. Myself again with your boy Lex. Shubs here. And we got another guest for you guys. Should introduce yourself. What's up, guys? My name's Adam. I run a social media agency here in London called Social Kick. That's it. That's it. So let's get let's get straight in. Yeah. So first things first, um, it's obviously you kind of introduce what you do, but just tell us a bit. For people who don't know kind of what that is, just tell us a bit more. Yeah, of course. Okay, so um, I've been in the social media game now for about seven years. Yeah. Uh, basically started off uh, as a... When Instagram first started, I was mm-hmm. one of the, like the very early adopters on the platform. Mm-hmm. So this was before anyone knew that you could actually monetize on Instagram. It was like completely unheard of. So yeah. I started uh, a fashion blog <laughs> on, on Instagram mm-hmm. and I was literally just reposting... Like celebrity outfits, nice. so, you know, like Pharrell, Kanye, yeah, all those yeah, people. Yeah. And um, after I started posting for like six months, didn't tell anyone about it. I was like a bit embarrassed about mm-hmm. it, and um, it started to kind of get some traction. And after about eight or nine months, just someone slid into the DMs at a company and was like, "Oh, how much do you, do you kind of charge?" And I was like, "Wait, you can actually make money from yeah. Instagram?" Mm-hmm. That was like mm-hmm. it was like groundbreaking. I was still in uni at the time, um, so basically. Moving forward with that, I basically started to um, approach other fashion pages and stuff and say, hey, if I contact some brands for you guys, um, you know, can I get commission on sales and stuff to obviously sell ad space on the platforms as mm-hmm. well? Um, so that's when like the mini agency kind of started when yeah. I was I was still in uni at the time. I was not focused on uni at all. Yeah. I did study marketing actually, but I'm not going to lie, it literally learned yeah. nothing, which is mm-hmm. actually valuable to me yeah, right now. For sure. um, life experience was good at uni, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Um, so yeah, just moving forward with that, um, that kind of just started to take off and I started to like buy and sell social media pages. So Facebook and Instagram pages yeah. with high followings. It was usually like 50K plus. Mm-hmm. And I basically try and like flip them. There's there's these websites and different type of softwares you can use to do it like securely and stuff. Okay. Um, and then after like two years or so, I got just really good at just organically growing pages. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I kind of started realizing that this is something which a lot of brands and companies really, really struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, not just organic growth, but also things like content strategies, yeah. how to post, when to post, like they're just completely lost with mm-hmm. it. Um, so that's when I formed Social Kick officially. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, Social Kick is kind of like a one-stop shop for, for brands yeah. uh, and individuals as well. So mm-hmm. we offer things like social media management, viral growth, influencer campaigns, um, we do uh, the content creation, graphic design. Um, the whole thing kind of evol- revolves around the whole like viral yeah. side of things. Yeah. That's where like my kind of um, speciality is. Yeah, it's just USP. it's just literally just from the very beginning, just knowing how Instagram works and how it yeah. changes. And a lot of people, the thing is, Instagram itself is never the same like every single day it changes day and day out the algorithms what people mm-hmm. like what they favor the type of content etc so yeah. i try and stay on top of it as much as possible but yeah in a nutshell that's that's pretty much what what social kick is yeah, yeah. amazing how did you kind of get to that stage where like you're, you're like okay i'm going to make this a proper business i'm going to put structures in place and i'm going to build a team like how did you kind of kind of get into that process and how how was it and what kind of things did you kind of end up doing to make sure you're actually a business? Because like you said, when you're actually just getting DMs and stuff like that, like 
it's kind of like you're still hustling in a sense, but now you're building a business where you have like a storefront, you yeah. have a business name and all these things. Like, how did you kind of get to yeah. that stage? That's a good question. So I was in my last year of uni at the time and it was in the first year of uni that I actually started to earn like a tiny bit of money off yeah. Instagram and not a lot. Mm. And like you said, it, it was kind of like a side hustle at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't do it officially at all. Um, hope the tax man isn't listening. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, didn't, yeah, I didn't do it officially at all because I didn't really know how to or what was going on really. But mm-hmm. I think it was when I started to pick up some clients that were actually like very well known. So mm-hmm. instead of it just being like some very small startup brands that were buying like ad spaces, mm-hmm. most of it was um, like when, when a big brand, I remember it was a brand called GFN, the called now, but Good For Nothing Clothing. Okay. We sold in Fort yeah. Silent. Yeah. And I managed to, to cut a deal with them to basically sell a load of ad space and all my mm-hmm. fashion network. I think at the time I had like a 25 million plus outreach so I basically said, wow. hey, you, you can go on these 10 to 15 pages yeah. with this outreach for X amount of money. Mm-hmm. And um, it was then that I realized that I had to actually take this seriously and professionally because they were asking for contracts, contracts stuff, yeah. uh, official invoices, mm-hmm. like VAT numbers. And I was like, yeah. I knew what, what VAT was and stuff, but mm-hmm. it was like, oh, actually, I better actually start doing this mm-hmm. seriously now. Yeah. And it, that was the first like big chunk of money. And then I kind of got paranoid thinking, yeah someone's going to pull me up on this. Like if there's, I don't even think it wasn't like a crazy amount. I think it was like, I think they sent like, I think it was seven, about seven or eight K. Yeah. But then I didn't even have a business account yeah. at the time. Mm. So when you put that into your, whatever the personal was like, that wasn't my profit. Yeah. That was, I had to distribute that back out. So mm-hmm. obviously from a personal account perspective, it's kind of like, that looks dodgy. Yeah. It does. <laughs> if you've yeah. got, it does. If I've got one big thing coming in and then a load going out the same day, mm-hmm. that might raise some flags. Mm-hmm. So sure. um, that's when I started to research and be like, right, I need to set up the business officially. Yeah. I need to get an account and I need mm-hmm. to do all that. Um, and that was a process because I kind of just tried to learn as I was going along. Um, my dad was a big help just because Good. he was, he owns his own business stuff mm-hmm. anyways and property. So that was very easy to, kind of asking for help and stuff. But um, I can see why a lot of people, because I'm not going to name names here and, and shame, but um, I know a lot of people, even my age now, that still don't even know they have to have a business account yeah, or they sure. have to pay tax. Mm-hmm. Mm. And these people are like models, influencers, mm. like yeah. earning really good money and are quite well known. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, like what's VAT? Like, oh, mm-hmm. do I have to send an invoice? And I'm just like, yeah. this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one thing. Actually, they just don't teacher in school yeah they don't they don't you kind of have to find out yourself or find out the hard way and the tax man comes knocking that's what I mean but isn't that isn't to charge like to charge even VAT don't you have to be earning over a certain threshold yeah things like 80k yeah it's 70 or 80 I know it's Mm. around that um but even people who have been in and that through the personal, like they've mm. got to have a full year of business to then say, oh, yeah, actually, yeah. I've earned over that officially. Mm. So, it, yeah, it's a dangerous game, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, can imagine. Yeah, I can get, imagine. You know, that's, yeah, that's interesting. So in terms of like building your team, so for example, you said you're a one-stop shop yeah. and like you kind of play the kind of position of an orchestrator, someone who just makes sure that the machine's running, if you know what I mean. How are you able to kind of find the right people to kind of do these different jobs and how you're able to kind of lead them as well because you're you're quite young. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, how do you yeah. kind of build that kind of organisation in that sense where 
like people are taking it seriously and people know this is a business and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it, it was crazy to be honest because at the very start, even when things got hectic, because like I said, at the very beginning, I was just offering like, I was based like an AM marketing agent selling mm-hmm. ad space and pages. And then I started to like get clients and approach people to be like, oh, I can grow your page. Yeah. And then from that, I was like, oh, there's also a bit of a gap to do like content creation. I can mm-hmm. take pictures. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need influencers? I know influencers, yeah. that type of thing. So I think, I literally tried to do everything myself and I was working from like the second I woke up in the morning to when I went to bed. Yeah. I, I'd barely sleep. And right at the start, it was just because I was just so excited at what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was just so, I was so, not like I'm not motivated now, but I was so motivated back mm-hmm. then to literally just stay up as long as possible and just grind it all yeah, out. You were addicted to it. Yeah. And then it got to the stage where I was like, I'm literally Ben and I'm mm-hmm. really bad here. Like I'm only one person. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem with me is at the very beginning, I didn't actually trust anyone to do the job like I do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like if I gave someone, if I hired someone or like even got like an apprentice to manage a social media account or reply to clients or lead generation, whatever it was, I was like, they're going to mess it. It was just something very negative in my yeah, head, which yeah. wouldn't allow me to trust someone else to come on because the agency is, is like my baby. Like I yeah. started it from scratch. You know, I've done it for years and years mm-hmm. and years. It's like, I don't want anyone else involved because then if they mess up, that taints the name of, of me. Yeah. Very negative way of me thinking, but it was just subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got to the stage where I was literally burning out really, really bad. And I thought to myself, right, I need to actually, like, I was thinking, how do I keep my flexibility? Because flexibility is so important to yeah, me. For sure. So I don't have like a big fancy office and a load of staff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these big expenses because one thing that I've learned and one thing which has allowed me to, to get the clients that I do is the flexibility to travel and, and just dip wherever I want. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time over in the States and um, about 90% of my clients are in the States at the moment. Nice. I, only, I only work with a very small handful of um, clients in the UK. Mm-hmm. Did you kind um, of get those clients through referrals as well, through kind of doing good good work for one? And So th- there was one client which completely changed the game for okay. me and, and kind of gave me the access into the US market mm-hmm. and what happened was it was a, it was an, uh, an app called Color Switch it was a game on your phone I don't know whether you've seen it it's like yeah, circle yeah, yeah. and you got you got to tap it through yeah. so I remember I was I was at a dinner and my, my nephew was playing it on the phone I was like oh like I've seen all these kids playing this game it's crazy done a bit of research on it they had like hundred and something million downloads. It was endorsed by like the Kardashians and all this crazy stuff. Mm. And then I went on the social media page and they had like, they have like four or 5,000 followers and mm. they, they didn't have like any views on the photos. It looked like the followers were bought. And I was yeah. like, how can someone, because I knew they must have been in and millions and millions and millions. They were number one on the app store for yeah. weeks. Mm. And I was, I just literally, instead of emailing them, I went on fit like Facebook Messenger, like the customer service thing. And I was like, um, basically just slated them. I just said, mm. really disappointed in, in seeing how bad your social medias are on. Uh, I think I could do better. This is what I'd change. Within literally 10 minutes, the uh, the market manager got back to me and was like, we'll jump on a call and let's, let's nice. discuss what you can do better. Solid. So we jumped on the call literally um, an hour later. So from me sending a message, kind of giving them a bit of, bit of crap, yeah. mm. um, jumped on the call, told them I was very, very cocky because I thought... These guys are just obviously a massive company. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to just... They might like the cockiness type of thing. Yeah. Because I knew I could deliver if they gave me the chance. Yeah. So um, they were like, all right, well, um, come and see us in the offices and 
we can see what you can do. And I was like, oh, where are you? Where are you based? Like San Francisco. I was like, right, okay. Um, right. And he said, you can come over, but we're not paying for your flights. Mm. And he was like, let me know. Hung up the phone on me. So I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was thinking, oh, cheeky is that? Like, because yeah. obviously I was being cocky, but I was still being like respectful. And, like, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, something in my head is telling me to just pay for my own flight, jump yeah. on that flight and prove them wrong. Mm. So I did. Two days later, I jumped on a flight, went to San Francisco. They were based in... Um, That's Twi- a big bet, man. Oh, yeah, it was it was mad because... I just want to pause you there. Yeah, Because right? obviously we were talking about this on the last one, innit? Mm-hmm. In terms of having that confidence. So a lot of people... Sorry, a lot of people will be very, very apprehensive about even sending that message. Yeah. And not even just sending that message, but also being cocky. So it's like, how did you how did you build, for, for those listeners, how did you build that confidence to say, like, to slate them and to say, like, I can actually do, do better? I think back then, there was not a lot of people that was doing what I was doing yeah. as good as I was doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was very just confident in my ability and I knew I could deliver. Mm-hmm. So when I seen this massive gap in the market where, you know, not a lot of people at the time had social media managers for like apps and game companies and stuff. And I was looking at them going, there was such a big gap here, but because they're, look, I'm just a young lad from Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm, there's me trying to call up this big corporate people who are based on Twitter HQ and, yeah. and SF and telling them not to do a crap job. Like yeah. who, they're probably like, who is this kid and mm-hmm. why is he? Mm-hmm. So obviously they were intrigued by it. So I just, basically played the card that was I'm not going to get it if I try and not be myself so I'm just going to be myself if they like it let's see what happens I respect that yeah, is that yeah. what's there to lose right exactly because just... like they don't get it I wasn't I was never expecting to get yeah. it yeah you know what I mean so um, said that hung up jumped on the flight anyway went there um, they basically said to me well we want what did they say I think it was about we want 10,000 followers I said okay he said how long will it take you to get 10,000 followers and I was like, uh, about a week. And they were like, right, we'll pay for your hotel while we're doing the test, but you're not getting paid to do it. And I was like, all right, cool. So they put me up in a hotel, mm. got them to 10,000 followers in like three days. Shit. Like just utilized all my network. Mm-hmm. Um, came back to my just friend, you're on 10K. Or actually, you're on 11K, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The next day... Um, I managed to sign a contract to become like head of social for that company. Oh, nice. So, but as kind of like freelancing. Or, free, exactly. Or, nice. So contracted in the official title to them was head of social and strategy, but I was still based, I was still based at home up on the mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd still dip back and forth while I was working with them. But basically that one client opened a number of doors because so many other companies and connections worked directly with that company. So, you know, people in Hollywood with all the influencers, whether it was designers, um, whether it was like Facebook experts, um, investors, all these people. Yeah. I met through the company that I, I worked with them for like about a year and a year and a bit, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but through that year, I just gained so many connections and it was just referral after referral. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done any like active lead gen for my company for quite a while now yeah. and that's by personal choice because I could hire I could hire someone to do lead gen I could hire yeah. another person to do the jobs in which I do and, and train someone up mm-hmm. but right now I'm still kind of in that stage where I'm just like very much enjoying the flexibility yeah. of not having a liability if that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like when you employ someone it's not always going to go to plan so what, what happened was a, a couple was like about just under two years ago now 
I employed one of my mates. I took him out of his job and I said, I've got this um, page that I want you to manage. I want you to help me with it. Um, it was a page called Vines on Instagram. Actually, we ran it up to about 6 million followers. Um, that was like the biggest page that we've ever, yeah, you know, yeah. the, one of the biggest successes we've had. Nice. Um, but I needed help on like the monetization side of things. So doing lead gen f- specifically for that page to sell ad space. So I just said to him, like, leave your job. I'll guarantee you a minimum of six months because everything was going so well at the time. But what a lot of people don't realize is when you're self-employed and you run an agency is one month could be unbelievable. Yeah. You get all your hopes up thinking, I'm the best yeah. at what I do. Mm-hmm. This is great. You know, I'm going to be a multimillionaire yeah. next year and all that. And then you could have a week that just completely ruined you. And it, that basically happened. So I took him on for six months on the seventh month. Um, I had three of my biggest clients pull out, not because of anything I'd done, but because of financial issues on their end. Yeah. Um, so they all pulled. And what happened was then I had a massive liability, which was one of my best mates, which who I employed. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of say, listen, I know it's friends before business, but at the same time, you, you're in the business now. So I'm going to have to put this first. For, you know, it was difficult because I had to kind of let him go. Mm. And then he, he didn't have a job for a little bit and he had to find it. And, I think that really just put me off wanting to employ people because the stress and anxiety that gave me to know like I'm solely responsible for that person's income yeah. is quite difficult. Yeah. It's, it's, it's enough stress, me trying to earn enough money to, you know, mm-hmm. do what I want to do, yeah. what I want to save for, grow the business to what I want to grow. So yeah. um, that is complete personal preference. There's obviously people mm-hmm. who are very good at hiring the right people, getting, um, you know, scaling the business. But for me, I feel like my business right now is still in a stage where like I just want it to be a flexible business. Yeah. I don't want big fancy offices. I don't want to employ people. So mm-hmm. the people um, that I employ right now are all contractors okay. to Social Kick. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got like a graphic designer, um, Facebook ad expert. And then if we need any like additional help with social media management and stuff, we've got, I've got a few different contractors that I'd, I'd work with, but everyone's kind of, under the social kick umbrella. Mm-hmm. So anyone who, any of my clients that speak directly with them, they're a member of social kick. But that keeps all flexibility. Yeah. yeah. So like, what's been, so other than kind of having that difficult period and having that difficult conversation with your friend, what has been like, from a client perspective, the, the biggest challenge? I think... One of the biggest challenges for me is not one client is ever the same. And because I kind of fell into the whole agency game and I was, because you got to remember, like I'd done it as a hobby first, right? And then I was like, oh, you can make money from this. And then from that, I just kind of adapted to the demands of the people who were coming to me. And, you know, I, I, I did do lead generation at the start a lot more. So a lot of these brands were like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And I was like, can't do this, can't do that. Or there's a massive difference in in uh, like a startup company who, you know, could WhatsApp you and just be like, yeah, cool, call yeah. you whenever. And it's just very, very laid back and, and chill mm-hmm. to, you know, the multi-billion dollar companies that I do like social, social strategy and like consultancy for where mm-hmm. it's like, you've got to go through so many layers to get something signed yeah, off yeah, to be able to sure. function. Yeah, that's, that's a struggle. So, you know, I still work with some like low-end startup companies and then I work with some absolutely massive companies yeah. that but I actually prefer working with the people I've got direct access to mm-hmm. because they're easier to like I'm a, I'm a very laid back person yeah, I had yeah. to learn about the corporate world I had to learn you know how to you know 
like email etiquette and all that stuff to make sure you come across in the right way yeah. mm-hmm. instead of just being able to like, yo, I've got this post mm-hmm. up or what do you think of this or I've grown your X amount. Yeah, so no, I definitely get what you mean. So do you also kind of, how it sounds, it sounds like you qualify your clients as well because like, for example, like when I kind of started freelancing and stuff like that, I was taking every client coming my way because money's money, right? But do you now kind of get to that stage where you're qualifying your clients and what type of characteristics or kind of qualities do you put in place before kind of signing off a contract? Because like for you being laid back, you're kind of more cautious of who you take on so you don't have that headache, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Um, you're right in what you say. I mean, when I first started, it literally was like, oh, they, they want to pay me. I'll take whatever they give mm-hmm. me. You just want to get the money in your back pocket. But mm. as you progress and you want to kind of scale and you want to make sure your time management is yeah. the best it possibly can be. Yeah. Like, I've realized that I can't work with clients anymore if I'm not actually, like, invested into, not, like, financially invested. I mean, just, like, mentally invested mm-hmm. into it. I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah. I agree with what they're trying to do. Like, when that kind of aligns, it's very easy then for me to, to work with the clients. So, mm-hmm. yeah, at the start, it was, like, give me money. I don't care who you are yeah. or what you do. Or even if I can't do something, I'll learn it and charge you anyway. That was mm-hmm. the mindset I had at the start. But now it's, like, I'll only work with brands that I want to be invested in and I I enjoy being with because yeah. otherwise I'm not motivated then which means I'm not giving yeah. my best work to them um, but yeah I mean there's, there's been some really cool clients that I've worked with in the past I mean they range from like e-commerce brands like personal brands um, like fintech companies apps games mm-hmm. um, crazy like variety of mm-hmm. clients it's okay. not just like one specific niche yeah. Um, but so- yeah so, like, that's, yeah, that's quite a really nice range of clients. And obviously, you gave us one example of how you creatively got a client. But what else, how else do you kind of get clients as well, especially when set, starting out without kind of having that referral in, like, like you said, you had a referral in the yeah. game and kind of industry. But for you to get to, like, fintech, personal branding and stuff, how did you kind of approach them for someone who's starting out and needs clients? So, I was brutal with lead generation at the start and I mean I would literally sit there and assess like every I'd go on Google I'd just type in a random clothing brand I'd just I'd literally see who it was whether yeah like clothing brands any e-com brands even products and I basically just go on their Instagram assess whether I could do a better job than they are put their email down whoever the name of the person was and I just fire out like a hundred literally a hundred I remember actually in my head I literally sent 100 emails a day to 100 different companies, mm-hmm. um, basically saying who I was, what I did, how long I've been doing it for, you know, past successes. And then being like, if you want to hear more, let me know. And, you know, the success rate was so low anyway, but out of those 100, you get like seven or eight replies. Out of those seven or eight replies, you might get four that's interested and then you might sign off two. But yeah. those two were 100% worth those 100 emails in which you sent. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, lead generation was brutal at the start. I'd literally spend hours and hours and hours all day, all night, just copy-paste templates of everything, mm. gaining the emails. Uh, I didn't have any, like, automated systems. There was yeah. no... Uh, yeah, it was just me manually mm. <laughs> doing it, which... Mm. Grinding. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, about, like, thinking about it back then. But, yeah, that's that's what I've done to kind of start. And it all just snowballs, right? The, the exactly, more, it does. The yeah. more they, they, they start, start coming mm. in. So yeah. that, and that's something I definitely respect. Like, you was just relentless if you just went, 
effectively, you just went all out until you just couldn't do anymore. Yeah. And I think it just ties back to even what we discussed. Like, this entrepreneurship is not for the faint-hearted. Like, if you really want to see success, you have to be not just mentally invested, but you have to just be willing to go go through the trenches. 100%. And that leads on to my next question. Obviously, kind of, we're slowly transitioning out of a pandemic. Um, and how how has, or has COVID even affected you? Or has it, yeah, like how, how has COVID affected you or, or how you benefited from, from COVID? So at the very start of COVID, um, I was like very, very worried because I knew that a lot of brands would just kind of pull back an ad spend. So for the first month, I had one client drop off and then I had a lot pause ad spend and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, they didn't really want anyone managing the social media. They didn't want to run targeted Facebook ads. They didn't need content creation. Mm -hmm. So I was like, crap, this is, this is going to be difficult. But funnily enough, the second month of everything kicking off, everyone, I think, started to realize how high the retention was on social media. Mm -hmm. And they thought, oh, we can actually take advantage of this. And I was telling everyone, you are never going to get a time like this again where you have the entire world indoors mm-hmm. looking at their phone. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the average time people are now going to spend on their phone is at least going to double to triple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is a massive opportunity. Like what are you waiting for type of thing? Mm-hmm. And um, everyone started spending again. Everyone upped all like the influencer campaigns. Um, everyone wanted social media pages created and grown. Um, everyone, yeah, just really like lead generation was great but it was mostly referrals like mm-hmm. who came through but um yeah it was it was it was crazy so i'd say covid actually benefited me in a way just because i think the marketers or the companies that knew what was going on knew that this was a massive opportunity yeah but obviously i'm mm-hmm. very blessed to be in a world of social media where mm-hmm. you know i can as long as i've got a laptop and a phone i can do anything i'm yeah. only ever going to be targeting people on laptops and phones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't do anything physical. You know, yeah. I don't run events. Social Kick doesn't run physical events. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just solely online, everything we do. So yeah. it's it's crazy thinking like the world we live in now. and But it's amazing, like the benefits, which mm-hmm. obviously it brings. So. Yeah, like it's sounding like it was like a gold rush, like really, and she just really taking advantage of the opportunity that came with it. Like you said, no one was on the phone that much. So even with that came... Like you had to kind of double up and step up another level to kind of reach that demand. And that's kind of the same with um, when you said you entered this world through the gaming industry and you were able to get more referrals. How are you able to kind of keep up with the demand as well? Because at every kind of level, there's another kind of ask from you where you kind of need to step it up or you kind of need to widen your horizons. How do you kind of go through that process, if you know what I mean? I didn't keep up at the start. I went, okay. I went through a stage where like I was never switching off. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be having a drink on nights out with the boys and I'd literally just, my head would just be buried in my phone, mm-hmm. wake up in the morning. First thing I do is look at my phone. One thing I realized was the reason I burnt out was I was never given enough time to myself. It was always like, I was always accessible. That's the yeah. thing. Like, that was the mistake I made, mm-hmm. which means that everyone was a priority over myself. I didn't give myself any time. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even have a glass of water in the morning. I didn't even step out of bed and I'd take like three, four, five calls in the morning and do whatever tasks I needed to do. Mm. Like some people would say that's productive because you've done it before you even got out of bed, but it was just a burnout because it was no, yeah. you know, there was, there, I just didn't have any time for myself. Mm. So in terms of the way I, I managed to demand, like I said, I'll only ever take on clients that I'm like heavily invested yeah, into. Yeah. And, um, 
there's always been like a nice balance of um, the clients that I have in terms of if it is a bit too much or there's a certain task that I can't do, it's very easy for me to just contract it out. And I've got my trusted circle. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I don't just go on upwork.com or Fiverr and try and hire someone mm-hmm. to do it. it mm-hmm. These are literally people who are trusted over the years that I've been working and tested with certain people. Yeah. Like it is a very close circle. Oh, and a lot good. of them are, you know, very close friends. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good. That goes yeah. back to us just saying that it's so important to build build the right team and build a, build a solid so, team. But you also touched on a really good point. So obviously we're called Hustle Smart. So we talk about hustle, hustle, hustle. But over like over kind of episodes, you're kind of understanding more the importance of like self-care and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So like as an entrepreneur, full-time entrepreneur, you're responsible for your own time. Like you said, time management, everything. How are you now able to kind of put yourself as a priority and make sure you're not burning out as much or you're making sure you're giving yourself enough time to just enjoy life and the fruit of your labor as well? How would you say you kind of go about that for those who may be in a similar position? I try and just limit my phone time in the mornings and the nights. So when I get up in the morning, the phone stays in airplane mode or do not disturb. Um, and I'll do everything I need to do in the morning, have breakfast, get a shower, get ready and stuff without thinking about clients or what I've got to do, et cetera, just kind of clear my head a little bit and yeah. know, listen to some music, whatever it is. Mm. Sometimes it's just a little bit of an escape like that that you need before diving in headfirst yeah, to for work. Sure. Um, a massive issue that I ran into um, from the start was, um, like I said, the majority of my clients are in the States. So because they're in the States, mostly on the West Coast, they're so far behind, which means my day's ending and they're trying to get hold of me. Yeah. So it could be like six, seven, eight, nine at night. And they're like, oh, Adam, have you done this? Can you do this for me now? And I'm like, oh, I'm just ready to go out for dinner or chill with the boys, whatever it is. Mm. Um, I didn't really care at the start. I just, you know, was working into all hours of the night because that was normal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, re- I realized it was so bad for my mental health and the way like I was just functioning in the day. I, I hate going to bed at like five in the morning. Yeah. I'd rather, you know, get an early night, be productive in the morning mm-hmm. on my schedule. But um, yeah, it's it's different for me because the majority of my clients are in the States. So I need to kind of work around the US time zones a lot. Um, but I've told all of them recently, um, very recently actually, that there's a, there's a cutoff period in my day where like it doesn't matter what time it is. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you want me to do something make sure you tell me so I can do it the next yeah. day and then we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it and discuss. Oh, it means that the window of us being able to kind of communicate is smaller, but I, I can't live here and be on LA time all the time mm. because yeah, sure. it just fried my head so yeah. bad and it just ruined, it ruined a lot. Like yeah. nights out, dinners, even like my family getting pissed at me. Mm. It was just, you know. I can imagine. Yeah, it's... You've, there is a lot of sacrifices you've got to make yeah. um, with that. And I, I would, you know, no, there's no rule book for this. Yeah, there's no. When you're an entrepreneur, 100%. when you're hustling and that, like every business is different. Everyone's experiences are different. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was difficult to start. It's a lot easier now, but I think yeah. it's just because I have to do it day in, day out. I get you. That sounds like you kind of started building some systems around it to make sure that like the business can kind of operate without you really having to be there in a sense. Um, just like you said, if you need anything done for the next day, let me know by this time and you'll get it done. So do you kind of have any kind of like automated systems or any kind of like job boards or any kind of apps you use just so you're kind of more 
you kind of have structure to your business rather than like you write like you writing things down on paper, trying to send it out, text yeah. people and all that stuff. Do you do you kind of have a way like just like a system or kind of automated things just to help you run your business mover? Yeah, there is. There's a few different apps which are used which are like extremely important. Um, one of them being content schedulers. So I use social bakers mostly. So that'll help me schedule clients, content, captions, etc. It'll give insights and stuff which you don't get directly through Instagram mm-hmm. and it's all in one place. So it's very easy for me to kind of have different dashboards for different clients. Yeah. I think that's very important. Um, another one I use massive, I have actually used with every single client is Slack. I use Slack. Slack yeah. I have a different Slack channel for mm-hmm. everyone because the more corporate companies might have like 20 people yeah. that I've got to speak to. Oh, um, and then even the smaller ones as well. Um, the very small ones or the, the personal brands and stuff, I, I do just use like WhatsApp and stuff. Mm-hmm. I try and move everyone over to emails or Slack because it got to a stage where like I'm trying to enjoy myself and your your phone would just be blowing up yeah. with requests, things to do, like calls going on and stuff. Missing so, messages as well, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah and it just ruined my head because I just never switched off. Mm-hmm. Like even my mates at the time, like even as, as it like a couple of weeks ago, it was just like, you seriously need to just switch off. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes give yourself a day mm-hmm. um, to just get your head straight and not worry about everyone else. Mm-hmm. But I guess sometimes that kind of entrepreneurial spirit is just kind of just inside you. You can't get rid of that. Do you know what I mean? No, for sure. Like you, I get, I get all weird if I don't like look at my phone in a certain amount of time and that's really bad. Yeah. But um, I'm always like thinking about opportunities mm-hmm. what what would happen if I didn't look at my phone and I missed a certain message mm-hmm. that could lead to something, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I get you. Yeah. I guess like right now, how it sounds is like you're also trying to find the balance. Like you're quite self-aware of kind of how you are and the thing. So it's good that you're still just trying to figure out the balance. But like you said, once you have that fire inside of you, you can't really put it out. And that's good. Like you just keep kind of just going off that fire, but also trying to find that balance as well. Yeah. It's, it's a daily battle, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I've got it all sorted out mm-hmm. because I genuinely haven't. I've been doing this for years and it, I have not, I haven't managed to finesse it at, at all yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still overworking myself. Mm-hmm. My balance is not right. I'll still have extremely late nights, which sometimes you can't escape. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there'll be days or weeks where you're just so consumed in work. Your diet goes to shit. You don't mm-hmm. exercise. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is still a daily battle. That yeah. is something which yeah, it is difficult, but you know, self-care is, so important yeah, and that's becoming sure. a lot more uh apparent, mm. just visible to me yeah, yeah. I, I think you touched on it before right but um how do you ensure that obviously within the market that you're operating within the time you're operating mm. in as well how do you ensure that you maintain a competitive advantage that's a good question so one thing um i started before everyone else and I know that like literally 99.9% of people so when people say oh have you been doing this for seven years I mean no I was literally one of the first people to monetize Instagram and I genuinely believed that Mm. at the time I had one of the biggest networks that anyone had out of Mm -hmm. anyone even before it was an agency Mm -hmm. which gives you that competitive advantage Mm -hmm. and then in the influencer space which is probably where my biggest advantage is Mm -hmm. I run a lot of influencer campaigns that's kind of turned into the bread and butter of the company is, is running influencer campaigns mm-hmm, brands. Yeah. The biggest advantage I have there is because the influencers, my, my friend circles, my groups, everyone around me, 
it sounds bad to say that they are like influencers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like I literally, I, I've seen your page, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy though. I literally just fell into that. People mm-hmm. just like, oh, yeah. you only hang around with influencers and mm-hmm. celebrities. I'm like, I genuinely don't. It's mm-hmm. just, I think when someone's on that level of, um, you know, hustle, the level of, um, not influence, just someone who has the same drive as you yeah. and is in the same industry. You know, um, it's very easy to get along with them, and that's mm-hmm. just what I fell into. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the influencers look at me as one of their own, but yeah. I'm like the business guy in the influencer I groups. Get you, for sure. So the brands like work with me because I'm very easy to work with and very direct, mm-hmm. and I'll always give them 110. percent I'll always try and mm-hmm. deliver. The influencers like working with me directly because they just look at me as one of their own. And it's like I'm already integrated into everything. Yeah. So from both sides, it's just, it works perfectly. You know, a lot of these influencers don't, you know, want to be approached by like corporate companies. They can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. They're just, a lot of influencers are quite lazy yeah, in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. They just want to be given money. And, yeah. and a lot of them do just get money. Mm-hmm. Um, But I kind of know the mindset of a lot of them. So I know how to approach them, how yeah. to get deals for them. Um, and the kind of like sweet spot for me at the moment is a lot of influencers don't want managers, but they also don't want to put the work in. They don't yeah. want managers because they don't want people to take percentages off yeah. them, but then they don't want to put the work in because really? they're not that business orientated to sit yeah. there and do lead generation for themselves. Mm. Um, so I kind of come in and be, you know, I always preach flexibility. It's mm-hmm. always work flexibility as well in terms of, I say, look, I'm not your official manager, but if I bring you a deal, like I should be able to get X percent because it's money mm-hmm. you won't be getting anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and the brands like work with me because I'm so efficient and usually I can get cheaper rates anyway because they're in certain circles. Mm-hmm. It just kind of goes around in a circle no, like okay. that. Um, so yeah, in terms of competitive advantage, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, the integration and the knowledge of the industry, yeah. the knowledge of who sells, who doesn't sell, mm-hmm. you know, who'd fit certain brands. Um, and as well as having like a, quite a strong social presence already. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you run a marketing agency and, you know, you're you're saying you can grow someone X amount of followers or get them in front of X, Y, and Z and you've got a page of 400 followers. Yeah. You got you got a It's a shallow world we live in. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, true. It's, true. it's true. You got yeah. to be the example as well. Like, yeah. you won't believe it if you can't see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I hate saying it because I'd, I'd prefer it if no one judged each other off yeah. social platforms. I I genuinely really dislike it. Yeah. Because I, I think it's a horrible way to judge someone. 100%. You know, like how many times have you seen someone online and being like, he looks so stuck up or she looks so stuck yeah. up. Yeah. You've met them and been like, you're so chill. Yeah, yeah like, for sure, for sure. So no, it's... Definitely. it's I yeah. Do you think like some people kind of look at your page and kind of they build, build a preconceived idea of kind of who you are, what you're about yeah. and kind of not not work 100% because people who just skim over my page just go oh rich boy with daddy's money who travels the world yeah. and I'm just like yeah they don't yeah, see right. the behind the scenes mm, no cool. I definitely get see, you I still get comments like that today like serious yeah I get there's, there's people who used to leave comments on my, on my pictures and be like um, uh, like oh uh, how what did, what did it say I had one it was really funny it was like um, please you, you know like the, the comments as if like he was talking yeah. and it, it was a picture of me on the phone some people like, please, daddy, give me more money for fake followers. And oh, I was goodness. just like, yeah. these people are literally going out of the way to try and drag someone down. Who's sure. built up a presence. Who's done something with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's all about your personal branding as well. Mm-hmm. So I that means that I'm not doing a good enough job to show people 
that you actually yeah, and offer value to people. I think mm-hmm. that's what a massive issue at the moment on social media is people not offering value. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to transition to at the moment. No, um, we're just offering value, whether it's advice, recommendations, or like motivation, whatever mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. and just kind of fit that in with my feed because... You know, I think no, I get you. no no one's really a lot of people aren't doing that. There's a very yeah, yeah. small percentage of people doing it right and using their influence for mm-hmm. good. I get mm-hmm. you. Well, I think this is the per- you're the perfect person to ask about this. Yeah, go on. So, Hustle Smart page, we're currently on like nine hundred and sixty let's, something. Let's, let's, let's get that. Let's get followers. Accurate, accurate. So we need you guys to follow us because we need to touch one k very got, soon. Nine hundred and sixty followers. It's been all organic. All organic. <laughs> so we got the social media guy right here. Yeah. Have you got any tips for us, bro? Just in terms of like, like you even said, just offering value and stuff like that. But how can we kind of grow our presence more? Because like, like you said, social media is kind of where the world's at right now. So for, for businesses, for personal brands, how can you kind of grow your following on Instagram? I think before even answering that question, let's just give a bit of context for what we do. Because we take pride in kind of being, on, being honest, being ourselves and just keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then also just kind of Putting, putting across the correct message and showing that, okay, like, we're just like you guys, but, you know, just we're just doing X, Y, and Z. You guys can also do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think reputation is everything online. So mm-hmm. when people land on the page, brings me back to my point before, like, everyone will judge you. Like, if you've got 900 followers instead of 90,000, they're going to build a certain perception in the head, aren't they? Which is crap because it shouldn't be like that mm. because I know so many talented people with next to zero followers and it's just because they don't, they just don't do social media marketing that well. Do you know what I mean? But in terms of growing that page or any page for that matter, whether mm-hmm. it's a personal brand, um, a company, whatever it is, first thing to say is post consistency. One thing people really undervalue is consistency. And people might say, oh, well, I've barely got any followers in the first place. Like how, why should I stay consistent? Because with consistency, um, you've obviously got your post... So there's, there's a few different things. I'll go through them. So post consistency, which I just mentioned, post strength. So make sure you're actually offering value in each post and it's something which people can engage back with. Because mm-hmm. if you just post something which is dead, which isn't you know interactive for the audience, which already follows you, how are you expecting to gain new followers? Mm-hmm. You've already, you've got to look after the followers you already have. And then the third one is people underestimate this so much, but you don't understand how many, how much extra impressions and exposure I've got from hashtags. There's this thing called hashtag hacking, right? Which is something which I've used for years. It still Mm -hmm. works. Nothing dodgy. It literally is just doing research of your niche, making sure you have, you understand how Instagram works. So for example, I see brands all the time hashtagging in the caption and then they'll hashtag in the comments as well. But what they don't realize is if you hashtag in the caption and you hashtag in the comments, they cancel each other out and none of them are going to be visible. Okay. Right? And then you'll see people who copy and paste yeah. 300, right? Instagram will automatically shadow mm-hmm. them. Like yeah, they're, yeah, they're, not yeah. gonna, they're not going to show any of those hashtags mm-hmm. to anyone because yeah. they know it's copied and pasted. Yeah. Like the platform itself is so strong now. Um, not strong. Uh, the smart. algorithm, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so smart now that they will literally pick up on all these things. So if you do some really strategic research on your niche, what you want to do, the type mm-hmm. of people you want to follow, uh, who want to follow you, um, just literally research the hashtags. And then with that, you then get all your friends, all pull as many strings as possible. Uh, I know some people, this might not be possible for everyone, mm. but 
it, the Instagram algorithm is triggered in the first 35 to 40 minutes of a post going live. So within the first 10 minutes, realistically, you should get everyone in the dog to like and comment on a certain post mm -hmm. as well as having the hashtags. I've been doing it now, even on my personal page for like a couple of years now. Like I'll only ever use any more than 20 hashtags at a time. Don't cool. do it. Cool. Under 20, 100%. You can mm -hmm. use a few, but under 20 and always comment the hashtags as well. Okay. So don't. In the, not in the captions. It, no, don't do that. I've seen a lot of people do it and it doesn't cancel that out, but I know for a fact it works better when it's in the comments and it makes the post look a lot more clean yeah. and less spammy. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, there's, there's been times where I've posted on my personal and gained an extra, you know, seven to 10,000 impressions literally just from mm. hashtags alone. And then on one of the bigger pages, I remember we got like an extra like 57,000 impressions just from hashtags. Mm. That's free. Yeah. That's free views. Mm. You know what I mean? You're not, sure. you're not paying for that. That's organic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people like TikTok at the moment because TikTok is the only platform out right now that you can have zero followers and get a million views on your first video. Mm. Yeah, because crazy. the algorithm favors new content, new mm -hmm. creators and hashtags. Yeah. So that's like the driver. The hashtags are the only reason you're ever going to get seen on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. people are underestimating the importance of it on Instagram as well. So Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So all, all noted I'll be listening back <laughs> yeah. and trying to find it all so I hope 100%. you guys are too as well because yeah it does does make a lot of sense and mm. you're the guy as well you're the one who we can who we can really trust 100, 100%. I appreciate that but um, yeah man so we just want to quickly know kind of what's your plan going forward for the future what do you have in stock kind of I also also Shout out your podcast as well. I like we we love when we kind of see other podcasters because there's so much information and value you have as well that you can share. So please like shout out your podcast as well so our followers can check you out as well and learn more from you as well. Yeah, thanks, man. So the YouTube page is just under my name, which is Adam Mark Jordan, and it's the Social Kick Podcast. Um, basically, it's just a podcast that interviews and has conversations with mostly just people that I know and in my friend group. Mm -hmm. So the influencers, the models, the the entrepreneurs, just everyone who's had success and basically trying to break down their experiences and just trying to find the truth behind social media, which is kind of away from the feeds. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And what do you have um, planned for, for the future? What's next in stock for you? So at the moment, I'm actually... Um, going into music a lot more. So... Cool. Um, I've just taken on, it, it does all fall under the same umbrella to an extent. I've just took on my first artist called Jack Duff. Nice. Um, he is a young lad from Dublin. He was in a YouTube group. Um, basically, I picked him up when he went independent. So music's always been a massive passion of mine from the from the very, very beginning. And some, if I could, what I realized was if I'm actually going to follow my passion, it'd be a way to do what I'm very good at and you know, put it into mm -hmm. things that I'm passionate about, which is music. So For sure. bringing that marketing over to the music side, I think nice. is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, I've only been doing it properly now for like just over a month. Nice. Um, but, you know, within that month, I've, I've already started to learn so much and I've had some really good successes as well. So, um, yeah, over the next year or so, I really would love to do maybe not a full transition, but really put my priority and focus on the music side of things and just yeah. seeing how I can kind of disrupt the music industry with the knowledge and stuff that I know from, yeah. from everything else. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Amazing, man. So um, quickly, where can our 
um, followers, listeners all kind of find you? What's your social so they can keep in touch with you with your journey as well? If yeah. they got any questions, I'm sure you don't mind if they reach oh, out. For sure, yeah, no, my, my DMs are always open. To be nice. honest with you, I think a lot of people actually don't because they think I'm, I don't mm. see it. Like mm-hmm. I literally see every single nice. DM, mm. like everything. Yeah, guys, um, don't be shy. You've heard him now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting for all these DMs now. But um, yeah, on Instagram, it's it's Adam Mark ITS Adam Mark or one word. Nice. Um, don't really use any other platform, which cool. is bad for a social media marketer to say. But um, yeah, Instagram is probably where I'm most active. Solid. And then before we tune out, we have this thing we do a word of the week. Okay. So, Adam, what's your word of the week, man? Gratitude. Amazing. Love that. Mm, solid, solid. Yeah. I, I'm big on gratitude, so it's yeah. so nice to hear that from you as well. It's been a big thing for me this week, just kind nice. of taking a step back from everything. I think it's very easy to get caught up in successes and losses and stuff. And when you kind of take a step back and realize how far you come and what mm-hmm. you actually have, so, um, yeah, gratitude that keeps you grounded and mm-hmm. keeps you motivated, so. 100% amazing Nice Best way to end it mm, yeah. Definitely There you have it guys Yep Another Cheers, one man. Wrapped up Make sure you like Follow subscribe Hit us up Hit up Adam If you have any questions And stay yeah. tuned Thank you guys And remember to always focus On things that move the needle Bow Thanks Adam for coming We do really Cheers, appreciate it man. Honestly Sorry.